Stronger than a whale, he can swim anywhere. He can breathe underwater and go flying through the air. Atlantis is the prince of the team. You are listening to Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. I am host number one, Adam. Oh, I gotta be host number two? Alright, I'm Jeremy. All right. Host number two. You, I, I'm host number two, Adam. There, how does that is that better? Sure. I feel like for an intro, uh, for our intro, we should have like Planet of the Apes excitement music. I don't know why. It just seems like it would really go well underneath your introduction. <laughs> you know what the bongos and everything? <laughs> when they're chasing Charlton Heston? Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe it's because this comic was written in the 60s and I just feel like Planet of the Apes was from the 60s. <laughs> That's yeah. true. It was. <laughs> there you go. It all ties together. X-Men number six. It's the special guest star issue. Yes, we're back to the X-Men this week. Mm-hmm. Boy, have I missed them. <laughs> no stupid Fantastic Four to get in the way of my X-Men fix this week. Although, we do have to deal with the Submariner and the Evil Mutants. And for some reason, the artist of this cover also felt it necessary to tell us that Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch would also be joining us this issue. Well, the reason uh, for that oh? is that if you... Did you read the letters pages? Um, This letters pages or last letters pages? This letters pages for this issue. Uh, I saw the word boner in the letters page, which I want to talk about later. But other than that, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah. Besides the word boner, which <laughs> was there, pretty much every letter was talking about how great characters Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch were. Of course, because they're compelling, right? Because they're uh, some hold that Magneto has upon them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So. so- those other drawn uh, attention to them in an attempt, and they are featured prominently underneath uh, Submariner's bicep, <laughs> standing apart so issue, from the other evil. This mutants. issue is in fact called "The Submariner Joins the Evil Mutants." Mm-hmm. Uh, it was written with the flair of Stan Lee and the air of Jack Kirby, and the care. It was inked with care by Chick Stone and lettered on a dare by S. Rosen. Poor S. Rosen. Legible letterer, dared to do a letter. And uh, if you've noticed, uh, we've lost a, what is it, a letterer? Have we? Uh, Art Simek no longer is lettering, but oh. he is on Beast Math Book on the first page. Get out of here. Where? Advanced Math is written by A. Simek. Oh, look at that. Wow. I would have never caught that. This was the July 1964 issue, so we're moving along throughout the years. And this first page reminds me, for some reason, like particularly with the the, the image of the Beast, uh, reminds me of Rob Liefeld. Really? Yeah, I mean, nothing, just reminds me of it for some reason. It doesn't okay. look anything like it, but the, the the definition of the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liefeld is a total line guy, and this is... This is a very well... Yeah, you're right. I, I can see it. This is a well-drawn splash page. A lot of good detail. Uh, corny writing, but a lot of good detail here. So you got uh, Cyclops who's blasting away, once again, without a care in the world as to what damage he might cause, blasting away at Beast's hands as he reaches for the sugar across the table. Angel's thinking to himself, it sure would be nice if we saw Scott smile more often. Yes, just showing what team the Angel is actually on. Or the fact that Angel has a crush on Scott. That's what I was trying to infer there. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
He's switching teams. Oh. Uh-huh. And then... Oh, oh, oh. Teams, X-Men, teams, teams. <laughs> and so the professor then thanks Jean Grey for filling in for the cook because the only place for a lady is in the kitchen. <laughs> and I'll bet you if we were able to scroll down to her feet, they would be bare. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is the 60s. Beast uses a lot of big words to tell Scott not to shoot his hand. And Iceman is making some pie a la mode using his ice power. So the question here is, does he add sugar to his little ice power, or is he literally just putting snow on top of his pie? I think he just likes to eat ice. (laughs) And the weird thing is, okay, so I was thinking about this. Uh, Iceman has uh, the power of uh, ice generation and then ice control. And that's two different powers, because <clears throat> uh, there's some mutants that have, like, a fire generation, but they can't control it, so they can make all the fire they want to, but they can't do crazy stuff with it. Or there's people that can take a flame and then actually control that flame. But Iceman can do both. So matter has to create matter, right? So he is literally creating ice out of himself and then eating that ice. I don't know. It's just like, <laughs> it's almost the same as spitting on his pie and eating it. Iceman eateth of himself. Pretty much. So he raises the pie to his face to take a bite, because if there's anything he likes more than pie with ice cream, which is not really ice cream, it is Iceman spit. It is more pie and more Iceman. (laughs) Jean Grey pulls it away from him telekinetically, saying that Professor X likes table manners, so eat your damn pie with your fork. Gosh, Professor, Angel says, sometimes when I listen to all the kidding around, it's hard to believe we're really a group of homo-superior mutants. (laughs) No need for him to say that, but he does. Alluding to his... (laughs) His sexual tendencies, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so anyways... um, Professor is reading a uh, newspaper and mentions something about evil mutants, and the newspaper happens to be referencing an article about the Submariner, who he worries might be a problem if he were to join the evil mutants. So he thinks to himself, maybe we should go find him first. Well, now, the professor to me seems like a pretty smart guy and a pretty uh, well-rounded, detail-oriented guy. But to me, it seems like he's he's just winding himself up here, where he reads an article. Look, on that uh, fourth panel, or fifth panel, he's enjoying a cup of coffee, reading the paper. But then as he reads more and more, he gets more and more anxious, as detailed on the next panel, where he's looking up in the sky, and his eyes are filled with concern. And that's when he's wound up, and he says, we must go get some pa- Submariner. It's very impetuous. You know, it's not like, I'm going to do some research and figure out if Submariner is really a threat, and... You know, we'll come back in a couple of months and then figure, no, he's, let's do this right now, guys. Well, I find it interesting that, coincidentally, this mm. issue involves the Submariner. Weird. <laughs> My question, though, now, I don't know. Oh, I read uh, Avengers number three uh, because you mentioned that uh, the X-Men have a panel cameo. So I read the whole issue, and it's basically uh, the Submariner and the Hulk fighting the Avengers for some reason. Um, but... My question is, what is Submariner's role right now in the Marvel Universe? He is arch-villain to the Fantastic Four, or one of their one of the arch-villains. But is he really a bad guy? I know that he he's he's like in love with Sue Storm, and that's why he fights the Fantastic Four or something. He despises the human race and oh, thinks right. that the uh, underwater denizens should take over. Okay. But doesn't, some time in the future, doesn't he become an Avenger? 
Yeah, because he's not really a bad that's, guy. Yeah, okay, he's that's just, what I'm trying to get at here. All right. He doesn't like human beings. So, I mean, in the early days of the Fantastic Four, he was a bad guy because they they made him out to be pretty evil. Okay. But ultimately, they kind of lessened that over the days. And even even these days, he has his own comic book series. Okay. Soon to be canceled, I'm sure. Nice. Uh, so at that very same moment, Magneto is in his lair, also thinking about how they cannot delay and find the Submariner. It's almost as if he were connected to the Professor somehow. <laughs> yes, almost. The Toad comes hopping in, concerned about his strength. <laughs> and then Magneto pulls out a huge <laughs> Rob Liefeld-esque cable gun. In his Rob Liefeld-esque cable gun room. <laughs> uh, yeah, I shall choose my most awesome weapon. Namor will have to yield to me. Which, what? Where did this come from? And where does it go? <laughs> <laughs> That's also a good question. But throughout, I mean, through Magneto's entire run, I guess later, certainly, he's not... He doesn't use a gun. He's Magneto, for the love of God. He he, he hurls magnetized things at you. He doesn't shoot guns. Well, further along in this issue is another thing that I, I have to question. Does Magneto ever use again? And I'll get to that when we get to it. Perfect. So suddenly, out of nowhere, Cyclops appears. Oh, no! And without any sort of critical thinking on Magneto's part, <laughs> he turns around and blasts him. Not questioning, well, how to, why is Cyclops only the only mutant here? And how did he get in? And why didn't I hear yeah, him? Magneto, he's a, he's a fast action Impetuous. Type of guy. Impetuous, just like the professor, I guess. So the blast from this gun, apparently, well, it goes straight through Cyclops, mm-hmm. freaking out Magneto a little bit, and, and then proceeds to travel down the corridor of Magneto's castle, know, lair. But Magneto oh. also wonders, what new power has that accursed teenager developed? Yeah, he's clearly not thinking. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Clearly not thinking, you're right. <laughs> and somehow, uh, as the blast travels down this almost infinite corridor, Quicksilver realizes that Wanda is in danger. And he runs down the corridor and tackles her to safety. And apparently she was truly in danger because somewhere down that infinite hallway she was watering the flowers or something. Because there he was, she was. So the two of them return back to uh, where the blast originated from, only to discover Magneto punishing Mastermind for practicing his illusions. Mm -hmm. Cyclops was, in fact, an illusion. Yes, thank heavens, it was only an accident. And then, oh, the X-Men, that reminds me, I've got to find the Submariner before they do. Like, what? <laughs> I had forgotten about the X-Men and their quest to find Submariner, which I don't know of yet. And yes, he lays down in his chair and proceeds to do an out-of-body experience? Apparently, he has mental ability. Second, second only yeah. to Professor X. What? Now, my question to you is, does this ever happen again? <laughs> uh what? So we saw in a previous issue where they both met on the astral plane or whatever they call it, the mental plane, and they talked. Right. And you could chalk that up to the professor amplifying Magneto out there to have their little conversation. But to the best of my knowledge, this never happens again. And certainly in all of the Magneto research reading I've done on him, do never do they mention that he has any slight trace of mental powers of this nature. So... So they drop this, but yeah. at this point, Magneto has mental abilities. He is able to project his body outside of his body and communicate with 
other Others, people yeah. outside of his body, much like Professor X is able to do. So yeah, that is that is a probably an oversight by by somebody. I don't know. I wonder if no, no. I guess Stanley would have had to write write this. I was gonna try to bl- blame Jack Kirby as like he just drew this for some reason, and Stanley had to work it in. But no, I think Stan wrote this. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not a mistake at this point because this is this was Magneto. They must have just. And the mistake is that nobody carried it on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that now that's not uh, not maybe entirely true because maybe in a later issue that neither of us have read, he somehow loses this power. Right, right. I kind of doubt that's the case, but I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm <laughs> betting that this just disappears, which is fine. Okay. All right. Uh, so the X Men are practicing in the danger room, and the professor, congratulating Beast, decides that he he. Everyone continue with your practice. He's going to... Go somewhere. He's going to go somewhere. He's, he's going to go surf the internet for some of those uh, questionable <laughs> pictures. Yeah, so they continue their practicing. Cyclops thinks he's finally getting his power under complete control. I mean... The guy has no confidence whatsoever. He, he's, I mean, he's all over the place. First, I'm going to... He's opening... He's opening doors with his power. Yeah. He's like lighting... He's slicing cake with his powers. He's able to take the ice off of Angel's wings with his powers, but the poor boy just doesn't believe in himself. No, no. And then for some reason, Jean Grey decides that she's going to do whatever juggling exercise she's going to do with her eyes shut. She appears to be juggling objects with her mind. And we see that her new costume, which has inexplicably appeared in Fantastic Four, has continued to this issue. Well, boy, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) The professor uh, rolls himself into his little office and also projects his body outward which is which is an acceptable use in my mind of his power i mean he is the world's strongest brain or whatever you want to say i actually like this a lot um he goes down into the ocean uh, where he's looking for the submariner but the thing that i thought was pretty remarkable is that his astral form walks on two legs oh well which i thought was was a pretty cool idea that you know the i don't know it just kind of hit me that this whole concept of this guy that has no ability to walk and his his main power is in his mental ability and yet he's still tied down to that physical physical need to have his body projectile walk i just thought it was really smart yeah good job stanley yeah yeah i I chalk it up to the professor is able to project whatever form i would say i would submit to you that if he wanted to he could be 10 feet tall and super muscular because he's the only the summation of what he projects of himself and i believe that of course Part of that summation would be him walking. Yeah, all he wants to do is walk. <laughs> and here he can. You'd, you'd think that he would do it more often, that he would just hook himself up to an IV and just always astrally project himself. He even comments about his helpless flesh and blood legs. He, he does a lot of babbling, blah, 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 under the sea. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of it's somewhat unnecessary, although he does comment that the evil one is coming closer. It, it can yes. be only down, down in the depths of the ocean, he detects Magneto's presence. Mm-hmm. His astral form is coming near, which shows that the professor is more powerful than Magneto. Yeah, because Magneto and is unable he... to detect the professor. My question, though, is, I guess I'm not really exactly sure where this is. I don't think it, it really says, but it's, it's a ways away from the mansion, I would have to assume. Do his mental powers fluctuate around his physical body or his astral body? Hmm. Interesting question. Yeah. Based on this comic, I, I would say that it, it goes wherever his astral body goes. But I would say that a more realistic approach would be back at the mansion where his physical body is. 
Well, his astral body is just a projection of his physical body. Of course, what is a body but just a meat bag to carry your soul around? And one could say that he is projecting his soul when he when he goes into this astral form, right? So, very. This is this is a deep episode of Danger Room. <laughs> deep deep thoughts. All right, moving on. Uh, and so, deep down in the ocean, the professor decides to uh, leave and let Magneto make his appearance to Submariner, and he's just going to keep track of him, which is kind of odd. It is kind it's of odd. kind of cowardly of the professor, but whatever. Because in an earlier panel, we saw the professor saying that we must get to Submariner before the evil mutants do, but whatever. He just doesn't want to be spotted. It's very strange. Hmm. So then they uh, go to Namor's underwater... Do you, you pronounce it Namor? See, I always pronounce it Namor. Oh, I, you know, I have no idea. Nam, I've always pronounced it Namor. Namor, well, that's okay. Namor sounds, sounds gay more. <laughs> so, so I'm going with Namor. 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 All right, well. So they're in the Submariner's underwater fortress, and uh, he is complaining about how he was not able to get the lady of his life, the love of his Sue life. Storm. To Storm and her beehive loveliness. Judy so he Cleaver starts to... Uh, mm, <laughs> get me some of that. At and, this time, yeah. Namor starts throwing things around and complaining, and Magneto decides that he better not try to talk to Namor directly, but rather goes to talk to one of his fish fish underlings, fish-like fishmen. Yeah, (laughs) Magneto has henchmen, and Namor has fishmen. In this uh, sixth panel, is is that a uh, seahorse that's swimming in the building, or is that a seahorse painting? I'm going to go with it's an actual seahorse. Oh, okay. So is there water in in this place? Because there's also flames. There must be some sort of special... I don't know. (laughs) I'm assuming... I mean, I don't see, like, water bubbles and stuff or fish. Like, in in the previous panels, you see, like, wavy lines indicating that they're underwater. But in here, you see no wavy lines indicating to me i've always taken this portion of the comic to to read that namor's underwater lair is actually infused with oxygen okay i guess that does make sense but i this, guess later that would not be the case you'd think that these fish people would just die then well this guy clearly has a water chamber in his hat okay <laughs> if you say so he's got a nice little snow hat there he does have a hat and and it could be water sure okay it's clearly infused with water. Clearly. <laughs> so he introduces, or Magneto introduces himself to him and uh, quickly takes advantage of his frail mind or whatever you want to say. The fishling wants to... Um, fishling. <laughs> the fishling wants to take over the mantle of leader from Submariner, and Magneto tells him to say something to Submariner, and that will help him in his goal. Do we know who this fish guy is, or is he just some random guy who wants nope. to take he over? he will never appear again, Okay, as far as I know, and only once more in this issue. All right, then. So gather around, my X-Men. We're about to begin a mission. We're the going... professor has been tracking some uh, a freighter in the North Atlantic that discovered Magneto's island. The, and no, I have a problem with this. Side. Well, just, 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 I have a problem with Just like the Destroyer in issue four or five or whatever it was, the professor was like, I was unaware of any nautical expeditions in that part of the <laughs> sea. Well, here again, it's some days ago, a freighter in the North Atlantic reported its compass seemed to have gone mad. I investigated the report. Now, how did the professor get that information in the first place? If there's a freighter no. in the middle of the Atlantic that reports in that its compass is all wacky, don't you think the U.S. government's going to investigate but make that classified and not let some weird He's professor... He's into radio lines. He can read Several... minds. He can't read radio lines. 
He's got several as yet unshown to us Cerebro devices, you know, deep beneath the danger room. Mm. <laughs> He's using that unheard of Shi'ar technology that we haven't yeah. met yet. Okay, okay, fine. Still have a problem with it. So anyways, the, the ship finds a mysterious island with a huge magnetic device, which looks like a giant magnet. Actually, maybe Professor's astroform was on the ship when maybe, they were sending the... Yes, maybe uh, the Professor projects out an astral form of him on every boat so that he can be privy to this information. Exactly. So he knows that Magneto's secret island base is around these coordinates, so he decides that the X-Men are going to uh, charter a sailboat and go on a little cruise. Yeah, forget about taking that crazy helicopter or anything like that. Let's take a sailboat. To which, at first, I was like, okay, I'm going to go with this because the sailboat's made out of wood and won't have any effect on any sort of magnetic abilities. <laughs> That's what I thought. We'll see how that works out. Anyways. Angel is flying around doing some surveillance. He, he can't find the island. So they have a TV camera that can, in quotes, see a greater distance than the angel can. Now, so if I'm the angel, I'm in, like, hey, come on. <laughs> It must be a very special TV camera, but, yes. hey, you know, the Beast maybe had some part in building this. Yeah, could be. Who knows? So, for some reason, Jean holds it way up there. Why is Marvel Girl and Beast in costume and Iceman isn't? Good question. All right, so anyways, there he's going through the remote control TV. But then here's the other problem. Marvel Girl raises up the TV camera, but for some reason they send Beast up to retrieve it. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't what, notice that why doesn't she just lower it I was too busy noticing the professor's new seaman's outfit and smoking pipe he looks very handsome the pipe here. is not new but the deckhand's uniform is nice <laughs> he's very handsome oh and he's he's strapped in I didn't notice that before there's two little things that strap his wheels in to the boat oh yeah he can't roll around <laughs> he's <guy>. stuck <laughs> uh, what if he has to go to the bathroom man I guess Marvel Girl's got a well anyways so uh, <laughs> Beast gets himself up there for some reason, and then a rope breaks, and he comes falling right, I'm going to claim that the reason that Hank goes up to retrieve it is because the professor takes every opportunity to have the X-Men practice. That's why he has Gene lift it up and Hank bring it down. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But then a strange line of dialogue from Hank. I've been perfecting this maneuver for days now. Now the maneuver is to climb up into the air and grab a camera from midair. With his toe, almost so, upside down. I can only assume the maneuver doesn't involve a camera. Okay, yeah, I don't know what this maneuver is, but he's executing it well until the rope that he's not even touching snaps. He's got his, it's, he's holding onto it with his teeth. Oh, you're right, he is. Okay, fair enough. All right, so that breaks and he falls. Gene catches him and slows his fall, and Iceman makes a little snow pile for him to fall into. And for some and reason, Cyclops, Cyclops is laying on the ground. He slipped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on what? all the ice. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. So there you go. And then he proceeds to... Uh, Chastise the group. Yes. Knock off the grandstanding. That camera costs a lot of money. That's true. Especially probably in those days, it probably did cost quite a bit of money. You're right. But the professor seems to have quite a bit of money. Yeah, that's true. He's got sailboats, jets. <laughs> Helicopters. Disease, a mansion. Helicopters. Money for costumes. Meanwhile, back in the undersea castle, the fishling has finally gone out to talk to Submariner about the fact that he is a mutant and he should seek help from another mutant, Magneto. 
and submariner's like sure yeah i'll go do that i'll get in my fancy little submariner sea jet <laughs> which i wonder like why does he have that can't he swim I, it's faster i don't know uh, i don't know <laughs> doesn't that little s emblem kind of look like a dollar sign from like a richie rich car yeah yeah very <laughs> much so all right anyways it's a goofy looking car which i don't know that we ever see again but so Submariner hops out, uh, is greeted by Magneto, who is immediately told to, to shut up. Silence! Nobody speaks to Submariner until Submariner speaks to you. Nobody puts Submariner in a corner. <laughs> Before we Magneto talk... Magneto sends uh, Scarlet Witch to oh, talk yeah. to um, Submariner. Because it's clearly known that Submariner has a little uh, soft spot for the ladies. And apparently Scarlet Witch is quite attractive. Yeah. Well, yeah, look at her. Actually, I was doing some surfing around, and I don't remember where it was, but they did, there was a painted shot of uh, the Scarlet Witch on a cover of some comic book, and I gotta say, it was a quite fetching rendering of the Scarlet Witch. Judging from this comic book, this particular issue, she's referred to as being attractive quite a few times. Yes, and so she accidentally waggles her little finger and activates her hex power. Sending a blast of high-voltage electricity Namor's way, nearly striking him. Namor pulls some wires out of the wall with his bare hands impressing Scarlet Witch, and he's absolutely fine. Would have killed a normal man, but not Namor. We never really understand what wires these are and what they control and what he actually broke here. It looks very sophisticated and expensive, but we'll just ignore that. Yeah, just the idea is that he should be dead, but he's not. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this panel where he meets the Scarlet Witch makes me think that Namor is kind of like the Elvis Presley of the Marvel Universe. He's like a good-looking guy, and he's always very courteous to the women, especially the way the women have been treated in these first five issues. Namor is a really nice guy. He's He's very gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's dashing. Look at those eyebrows. (laughs) A chivalrous guy. So he's quite impressed by uh, Scarlet Witch's powers. Mm Mm-hmm. She explains that this was an accident, but Mm -hmm. I can tell just from looking at this panel that he is quite taken by her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Brotherhood of Evil Mutants all kind of judge Submariner, and that is immediately broken up when Angel bursts in, knocking uh, Mastermind over and... Causing the uh, toad to jump. Jumps into the air. Now, I gotta stop just for a moment here, and I understand now why Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch are the two popular characters, because just look at this fourth panel. You've got the Mastermind and the Toad, who just look like rejects. And then Magneto, just kind of off in the background, like, I don't know if... Has Magneto really established himself as a really cool villain to you? No. He's kind of a bumbling arch-villain. And he's very one-dimensional. All he wants to do is take over the world, and we don't really know why he wants to take over the world. Not a lot of depth there. No. Uh, anyways, yeah, you're right. So uh, the evil mutants get bowled over, especially like the way that Mastermind gets knocked over. He is apparently over Magneto's head, <laughs> hovering. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Magneto picks up some rocks, which must be lined with some sort of metal. All he says some is sort of he's magnetized rock. the boulders. Okay, there you go. He's magnetized the boulders. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm going to give this to him. He's he's the master of magnetism. He chose an island that was heavy in iron deposits or some sort of metal. Or thing. he brought them to the island. Sure, Something like that. Sure. I'm going to give that one to him. Yeah. Starts tossing them towards Angel. Angel starts dodging them. And then the Submariner says, no, 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 wait. I'll take care of this. I'll handle this. And he does. He 
flies up there and throws the angel yeah, with his little. That's why I like O'Neill because he's got little wings on his feet. Toad even comments about it. Look at his little wings. Yes, he does. <laughs> and essentially, in a excellent-looking bowling move, yeah, uh, throws Angel back to the boat. Two things I don't like in the Marvel universe: one, Submariner's wings on his feet. Don't like that. <laughs> two, Captain America's ears stick out of his costume. Everybody else has ear coverings yeah, yeah. except his. His ears oh, I see stick what you're out. Yeah. I don't like those. I thought you were talking about the feathers on Captain America's helmet. Those are dumb, but they're not as dumb as his ears sticking out. Moving on. <laughs> the angel is hurled back to the sailboat. Beast just happens to be there, jumping up and down on the plank, because every sailboat <laughs> has a plank. And he jumps up to grab Angel, and Iceman creates like a circular slide that takes them back down to the deck of the ship. Sure, sure. Yep, they land on the boat. They go to the professor, and the professor says, we can't waste a minute. But all of a sudden, the magnet shoots its magnetic rays at the wooden sailboat and blows it in half. Yes. X-Men not even given a chance to regroup. The magnetic waves completely destroy the ship, causing everybody to just fly everywhere. Beast goes after Professor X to save him. Professor X's wheelchair is still attached to the wooden plank, thankfully. Oh, yeah. Beast uh, propels it above the water. Iceman creates an ice bridge. All the X-Men get to the ice bridge, and they all start walking to the island. As soon as they reach the island, bam, they hit spine roots. Cyclops and Marvel Girl really have not had much to do in this issue. Although Cyclops has had more to say. So here's what I think would have been very funny, is if when they reached the island and they saw these spiny brambles or whatever they are, if the professor was like, Cyclops, walk into those. And as he says, he says, yes, sir, if you say so, not thinking for himself, but just doing whatever the professor does. And those actually were spiny brambles, and then Cyclops <laughs> is killed, and the professor's like, Haha, I knew that those weren't an illusion. X-Men go that way. That and then he's like... See, don't always listen to me. <laughs> this has been another exercise. Now, I realize it has cost you one of your teammates, but I'm sure the lesson has been learned. Now, let's move on. But no, unfortunately, that's not the case. It's just one of Mastermind's illusions. So they walk through the brambles and discover the giant magnet, which Cyclops is about to smash with his power beam. But then Quicksilver speeds out and tackles him from the back. Cyclops is able to say, I seem to hear something behind me like an ominous hum of an onrushing hurricane. But his expression doesn't say that at all. Does your issue have the word seam spelled wrong? S-E-A-M instead of S-E-A-M? <laughs> yes, it does. That's funny. Uh, but, I mean, if you're up on a ladder and you seem to think that you hear an ominous hum of an onrushing hurricane, how calm are you going to be? <laughs> He's not thinking either because... All of a sudden, the Quicksilver attacks him, and Cyclops says, It's impossible. No one can attack with such blinding speed. Oh, except for the guy that yeah. I've fought the last couple of times who has <laughs> blinding speed. This is the issue where everybody forgets everybody else's <laughs> power. Magneto forgot about Mastermind's abilities. Mm -hmm. Now Cyclops is forgetting about Quicksilver's abilities. So he starts shooting at Quicksilver. Quicksilver says that he's trying to exhaust Cyclops while dodging all of his blasts. Marvel Girl picks up Quicksilver starts spinning him around in a circle. The X-Men have successfully gathered a prisoner. Good, yeah. good job. And Finally. And they did it without <laughs> the help of Professor X. In fact, where is yeah. the professor? And they did it with teamwork, and the professor has mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> and now we get a little taste of the treachery that Magneto is capable of. 
Scarlet Witch is inside. She's all like, we got to go save my brother. And Magneto responds. One dimensionally. Stop your sniveling. I make the decisions here. Off with you. But once again, Namor, with his incredible strength, takes a very expensive looking device and destroys it. Yeah, he will not take Magneto talking to a woman like that. He stands for her um... valor, man. He's he, he, he likes the women and he's nice to them. He's not saying, yeah. shut up, woman. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be a very uh, nice guy. Very respectful. Yeah, totally. Of the women. I think he's just trying yeah, to get laid. Yeah. <laughs> could, be. <laughs> could be so anyways magneto covers him in magnetic circuitry and other metal parts namor can't do anything he's kind of being crushed by these metallic pieces thereby determining that magneto has the upper hand against mm-hmm. him well so certainly a greater the... handle on magnetic control that's for sure he is the more powerful villain you might say could be but just at that moment somebody blasts through the wall and it is cyclops who could it be i've forgotten yeah. who has that ability nobody has that ability oh cyclops that's right for some reason iceman makes it comment uh one thing about you you sure know how to make an entrance i don't know what that's referring to but whatever well you know because the other x-men know about scott's low self-confidence so they always have to like pat him on the back and be like hey good job buddy you know we like you it's okay (laughs) i think you've got a point there so they leap into battle sort of well at least cyclops does uh, yeah (laughs) mastermind casts a, a illusionary smoke fog everybody realizes that it's an illusion but still they can't see Iceman, in response, which mm-hmm. is actually a pretty good idea, just starts blasting ice everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But this is actually, I like this, this is a more, like, Mastermind has made the brambles and other things, uh, like when he made uh, Beast think that he was sliding down the wall in issue four. This is actually a more realistic illusion, just the illusion of you can't see. That makes a lot of sense to me, because the only sense yeah. that he's affecting is the sense of sight. So they freeze everybody out, so everybody runs inside to, to get warm. The Scarlet Witch will not leave her brother. So Magneto says, fine, stay out there in the cold. I don't need you. <laughs> yep. The Toad, we get, we get some more evidence of his treachery by which the Toad says, I am the most loyal. Magneto's like, I don't, I don't need your loyalty. I rule by fear. But he only thinks that, right? Yes, yes. I don't think that's really adding any depth to the character of Magneto, but we get a little bit more evidence of his one-dimensionalness. So now the X-Men are trapped in a room with Scarlet Witch and the Submariner, who is no longer magnetized by the metal pieces from Magneto. Mm -hmm. Beast goes after Submariner, and they go on a little tete-a-tete. Now this drops a little bit of the chivalry, as the Submariner says, I command you to obey the female. He tends to call her the female. I don't think that drops any of the chivalry. He just maybe doesn't know her name or something. <laughs> okay, okay. Fair enough. He forgot. Everybody's forgetting this issue. It's just another instance of forgetfulness. Uh, so we continue <laughs> on with a beast fighting uselessly against the Submariner. Yep, Submariner's just too strong. I mean, Submariner's probably the strongest there is. Probably, he, yeah, yeah. The Hulk might be the only stronger one. I don't know. Was he stronger than the Hulk in that Avengers issue? Do you remember? I don't think the two of them fought. Did they? Oh, okay. But they also intimated in that issue of the Avengers that he needed water t- as the source of his strength. And after, like, a certain amount of time out of the water, he would start losing his strength. But here, he's been out of the water for quite a while and is not losing his strength. Or the X-Men are just that weak. Cyclops blasts him! Submariner just withstands the blast, thinking that 
Cyclops will run out of energy before Submariner does. But he doesn't, so the Scarlet Witch jumps in with her hex power. Causing Cyclops to blast the floor, slipping, and that's when Professor X shows up. And says, HOLD! And has Pietro, the Quicksilver, under mental control. Not- no, says the Scarlet Witch, please release my brother. Release his brain! Leave him as he was. And the, the professor, professor tries to teach a little life lesson. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you guys. I'm good. It's Magneto you need to worry mm-hmm. about. You guys are all pawns. That includes you, Submariner. And he freaks out. The Submariner, he ain't having none of that. He literally rips out a block of concrete from beneath him in an attempt to hurl it at the person that called him a pawn. Yep, and the professor is uh, defended by the X-Men. Yeah, That's Professor X, and the ocean won't be big enough to hide you, Namor. They run to his side, and they kind of, yeah, they do some chest uh, pounding here, but there's no fight that actually occurs. Yeah, Professor X looking totally calm. Yeah, so he releases uh, the Quicksilver's mind. The Quicksilver feels as though he has been asleep. At this point, Submariner's kind of like, oh, the hell with all of you. I don't even care. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't know At what some point, you... it seems like in every issue <laughs> featuring the Submariner, he's just like, this life sucks. I'm going into the you sea. People above the water are just lame. So uh, he and Sebastian get together and sing that song under the sea, and it's a fantastic thing. Uh, no, that doesn't actually happen. He runs away, though. Uh, we switch to Magneto in his yet another control center. He's got a lot of control centers. Apparently, Magneto has been crossing the island to his other control center this whole time. Where did he get his money from? I wonder if there's an issue that talks about, is it old German money or something? They don't ever show the bank robberies, but he probably does it. <laughs> I guess, though, all this stuff is made out of metal, so he could just go to a steel yard and just magnetically take everything, I suppose. Yeah, I think Namor even says everything on this island is magnetically charged. He, do- he says everything is magnetically controlled, which makes yeah. some amount of sense. But that means that Magneto's got an awful lot to keep thoughts about. You know, He's got to keep everything running under his magnetic control. Or is he saying that everything just operates under magnetic currents and actually there's no electricity on the island? I'd go with either of those. Okay. I'm thinking that in issues two or three, or maybe even before issue one, Magneto set up all these bases, and maybe he had, like, years to do it, and so he just moves to another base with another huge magnet, another set of computers and whatnot. So he somehow figures out where Namor is. Magneto taking his vengeance out on Namor solely for the fact that he challenged him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Magneto, one note. (laughs) Apparently, we found his Achilles heel. Just challenge his supremacy. So Namor, in a display of awesome power, at first is being forced down, crushed to the ground by the magnetic fury that Magneto unveils upon him. But then he is able to somehow withstand. He flexes his muscles, his more-than-human muscles, until they stand out like steel bands. He smashes his fists down to the ground with a force beyond the power of human. He causes an earthquake that destroys the magnet. Essentially, yeah. That's pretty powerful. What a dude. And so he quietly turns, and without a glance, he returns to the sea. Cue the Bruce Banner music. Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. He flies off into the ocean after that, and then Magneto... He jumps into a rocket, takes his two pawns with him. The mastermind says, what about the Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch? And he says, they're now coming in response to my mental command. His abilities are pretty awesome. Controls magnets and mines. 
Hmm. Yeah, at this point, that seems pretty unstoppable. You'd think that Magneto would, like, magnetically bind all the X-Men and then mind-wipe them. <laughs> mind-wipe, mind-wipe. He hasn't mastered the mind-wipe. Ah, that could be. So our prisoners have escaped, Cyclops says, but the professor, he allowed it. Go, professor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he allowed Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Marvel Girl is a little bit jealous there, a little green with envy. That's another instance of Scarlet Witch being quite attractive, apparently. That witch is much too attractive. But then Angel chimes in there, trying to score some points with Marvel Girl. You know something, Genie? <laughs> so are you. Beast He's and Iceman Ice off together on their uh, own, once again, putting together the sailboat, which conveniently Magneto left behind. Well, they had to get off the island somehow. And that's it for this issue. Apparently next issue, a startling change occurs in the lives of the X-Men. Don't dare miss it. And I, for one, certainly will not. No, I will be here as well <laughs> next week for the next edition of Danger Room. Well, I have a question before we, before we take off here. In the letters section, this guy is trying to say how realistic the X-Men are and, and how they just blow Spider-Man and the Avengers out of the water because it could actually be a true story, this X-Men tale. But then he also talks about when in the past has a hero or a heroine pulled a boner like the one Marvel girl did in page 19. Did I miss <laughs> something? <laughs> Whose boner did she pull and why wasn't that illustrated? That would have made that issue much more interesting to me. So, anyways, that's the Submariner in the X-Men universe. Yeah, what'd you think? I actually thought it, it just kind of followed suit with the rest of the X-Men. The, the X-Men were completely ineffective. They got a prisoner. They got Quicksilver on their own. So, yeah, But at the end of the issue, nothing was done. Submariner returned to the ocean. The evil mutants got away. And it wasn't because of the X-Men. The X-Men didn't cause the evil mutants to go away. Submariner caused the evil mutants to go away. You might as well replace the X-Men with Submariner in this issue because you don't really need the X-Men because I think the outcome would have been the same. Well, you know, this isn't really how well are the X-Men doing so much as this is the days in the life of the X-Men. This is a slice of life. A slice of X-Life. The X-Men should probably stop doing the superhero business because they aren't <laughs> very good at it up till now. Maybe maybe that big change next issue will change all that, but <laughs> but for now they're just a completely ineffective team. I think it's going to continue on in that way as long as we have the X-Men versus the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, which we have clearly established is the trend now. We're just going to do the X-Men versus Magneto's Brotherhood. I'm all right with that. All right. Well then, that's my final thoughts. Ineffective. Yours? Uh <laughs> 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 I'll give it a slightly effective. How slightly, about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> so send us your thoughts, folks, mm -hmm. comments, emails. If you want to record a voicemail and send it to an email address, then do that. You can send it to dangerroom at redcatproductions.com or you can visit us at redcatproductions.com forward slash dangerroom and from there get all of the podcasts, all of the details, links to our feeds and to our emails and even to the iTunes feed where you can subscribe within your own very iTunes application and put it on your iPod so you could take us wherever you go. And then... At the same time, put a little note there on the iTunes comments, because that helps us be found. So, until next time, the Danger Room is closed. Mm -hmm.